May my words and your thoughts be acceptable to God, who is our strength and salvation. Amen. I'm going to talk around a few words that were in that reading from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Just five words. So during the week, you won't have much to remember. You might have forgotten the rest of what I say, but these five words are what we're going to think about. St. Paul wrote that night and day we pray. In our readings from the Bible this morning, we've heard four voices from the past. Jeremiah with a prophetic voice. An anonymous poet with a feeling voice. St. Paul with a teacher's voice and St. Luke with a storyteller's voice. All these people have one thing in common with us. They sought to maintain a relationship with God. Now when Jeremiah was writing, religious and political leadership was exercised together as one, rather like our perception of the leadership in Iran today. Political issues and religious issues were merged. Any political failure, as with, for instance, the subjection of the nation to successive empires, was seen as failure to exercise a sufficient relationship with God. People who saw themselves as part of the religious and political entity that was Israel were a group dedicated to God and defeat to empire was seen as their collective sin. They took it that there was no hope because defeat to empire showed that God had abandoned them. And Jeremiah preached and wrote into that situation. But he had a different vision. His vision of God included the hope that for these people, God would fulfill the potential of their relationship, that it would continue and that it would develop. The time is surely coming, he wrote. And in those days to come, he wrote, God will make new connections with people. People will be saved from the type of groupthink that sees everything as failure. 
people will be saved to renew their vision of God. Jeremiah's prayer and hope and vision provided the foundation for the eventual re-establishment of the Jewish nation, yes, but under the Persian Empire and the relationship of this group to God was restored, but within an empire. The writer of Psalm 25 made his poetic voice felt in the context of that reformed group as they returned from Babylon. He draws on their rich history of their founding king, David. He calls on God to be mindful of his mercy and love for the group. He praises God for the pathways created for the group, pathways where they could share God's love. And he's able to verbalize the hope that the voice of God instills. He is saying, I hear that voice. I hear it each day when I'm downcast. I hear it when I've almost lost hope, when I'm entangled by my past, when I'm trapped by the necessity in front of me. But in that situation, God alters my perceptive, my perspective. In his love, all my ills diminish to their true size. I find my peace in all he wills for the group and the relationship with God builds on that hope. So Jeremiah and the Psalmist are providing people with hope for their continuing relationship with God against an ongoing background of difficulties. In the Gospel reading from St. Luke, he quotes Jesus' warnings that difficulty in life is not about to go away anytime soon. So a relationship with God needs to be developed and renewed against a challenging background. Jesus points his listeners to signs of the times. Their relationship with God is still based on that traditional group think. But all the signs are that this needs to change. And the language is different. The appeal is to the individual. When you see bad things happening, raise your head. When you see the signs in the trees, trees budding, other people drowning in their sorrows, people weighed down with work, or people struggling with broken relationships, or people making themselves ill with the stress of it all. You, 
You raise your head. You be alert to God's presence. The kingdom of God is nearer than you think. And this new approach from a Christian perspective focuses on maintaining a relationship with God. And it's for each of us to work at our own salvation in these difficult times. Yes, we come together as a group to worship. Yes, we meet together in cell groups during the week. Yes, these are important structures in church life as we support each other in faith. But COVID has served to disrupt our group activities. As individuals, we often find ourselves alone, isolating, fearful, hopeless. And this is where we're forced to face the obvious. A relationship with God begins from how I understand the relationship with God and how I understand my relation to the people around me who are equally isolated, fearful, and often without hope. In any situation of life, the relationship with God is maintained and developed in conversation. We know it as prayer. Paul writes to the people at the church in Thessalonica, night and day we pray. Night and day we pray. Prayer is the essential activity if we're going to enjoy the rich potential of sharing our life with God. But what are we doing when we pray? You know, every so often there'll be a scientist who'll come forward with a, a study that they've been working on a study of human behavior. One I read about the scientist had measured the brain waves, brain waves inside the heads of a few volunteers engaged in a little bit of prayer. From this research, it was concluded that there was a definite pattern of waves in the brain when a person is engaged in prayer. Well, to me, this was hardly a surprise. Being engaged in prayer myself from time to time, I'm quite aware that brain activity is needed to engage in prayer. Hopefully, each of us engages in prayer from time to time. Perhaps you set aside a little time each day 
Perhaps you have some books of prayers which you find helpful and provide you with some words that you wouldn't have necessarily come up with. Perhaps you keep a, a prayer list so that you can add body and shape and variety to your daily prayers. Perhaps, especially so much technology around here, perhaps you've even downloaded the Church of England Anglican prayer app, daily prayer. Always worth a look, might get some ideas. Perhaps you just sit in silence and stare out of the window. All these and more are examples of the activity of prayer. And your brain is waving wildly as you do it. But night and day, how does that work? Well, our prayer life emerges from a commitment to sharing the love that God has for all people. And from listening to what God is telling us through our life experience. So we're building on our commitment to God, listening to God. These are the two elements that lead us to talk with God, saying our prayers. The commitment to God stems from our having heard the gospel and attempting to live in that new life promised by God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And whatever level of faith we are at, we can enjoy an understanding of God that works to change our attitude to life and towards the people with whom we share life. Life takes on a different quality through faith, and this is enough to drive our conversation with God, saying our prayers. Now, you know, in any conversation, there are always two aspects. Talking. I think we're all fairly good at that. And listening. Pardon? What did you say? Talking and listening. Someone once said that we have got one mouth and two ears. And so we should be listening for as twice as long as we're speaking. Now there's a challenge, especially to a preacher. I'll have to think about that. Listening to God. How does that work? Well, first we need the faith to hear God as he's speaking. Actually, for some people, he's probably shouting at them, and they're still not taking any notice. 
We've got to get inside God's skin. Try and look at life as God sees it. It's his world. So everything in the world contributes, contributes to the building of his kingdom. We've got to understand God. We've got to listen out for God in his world as we look around us at God's world. We should allow the whole of our life experience to become a prayer. Prayer isn't limited, you know, to a call to God from time to time when life has just become a bit tricky. Prayer is an unlimited, ongoing, continuous conversation with God, alternately listening and responding. In faith, as we observe world events, our response becomes a prayer. In faith, as we share in the life events of the people around us, our response becomes a prayer. In faith, as we experience life for ourselves, our response as to what's happening to us becomes a prayer. In faith, night and day, we can live life in an unlimited, ongoing, continuous conversation with God. The whole of life is a prayer. So Jesus said, look at the trees. He obviously wasn't in the Netherlands in November. The leaves are falling. From this we work out that winter is already near. And the parallel thought is this, that when all in the world looks hopeless, whether it's politicians arguing over forming a government, or COVID continuing to blight lives and livelihoods, or a terrorist bomb in a taxi, or a friend diagnosed with a terminal illness, when all the world looks hopeless, we can stand up and hold our heads high because in faith we know that we share an approach to life that brings hope of new life in every situation. The events of life give us the impetus to respond to God in prayer. Whatever's happening, wherever it occurs, whenever we're in the middle of the horror of it all, we can respond to God in prayer. And it's not only in crisis that we can share with God in prayer. Our prayer conversation with God needs to encompass the whole of life so that we also share our good times, and there are some, when we can share our feelings, where we can share the highs and the lows and the ordinary things of life. 
Prayer is a lifetime conversation with God. And the message this Advent Sunday is that the gospel of good news gives us the hope, the hope of a new approach to life. Therefore, we must be on our guard. Do not become weighed down and overwhelmed with the negative things that are going on. We must be alert at all times. Share the events of life in that unlimited, ongoing, continuous conversation with God in prayer, night and day. For us, the time has come. We know the way of the Lord. We can see the signs of our times. We can raise our heads because our redemption has been achieved in the death and resurrection of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. So let us continue to pray night and day and share in the closeness of the kingdom of God, which is very near. And if you remember nothing else, night and day we pray. Night and day we pray. Night and day we pray. Thank you.